Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we continue with another of the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 124. If it had not been Yahweh who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been Yahweh who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us, then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be Yahweh, who has not given us his prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. This is the word of the Lord. Now, in today's psalm, the theme is very straightforward and easy to unpack. Without God, we would lose. Just to put it bluntly, I mean, David has many enemies in his life, beginning from the time when he's still really just what we would consider in our culture a boy, although a man by their their way of reckoning things, as he goes up against Goliath and strikes him down. That was a battle David would not have won if the Lord was not on his side, and that's very clear and evident in that fight. David's continued battles against the Philistines, David's battles against enemies on every side, before he's king, after he's king, he's not allowed to build the temple for Yahweh because he's a man of bloodshed, a man of war. But instead his son Solomon, whose name means peace, is the one who will build that house for the Lord. So King David here, recognizing that he would have lost, he would have been destroyed. Let Israel now say, if it had not been Yahweh on our side, if they'd had any of the false gods of the lands around them, they would have ended up like the peoples around them, destroyed, defeated. This is a family conversation to talk about as well. What chance would we have if the Lord was not on our side. Identify our major enemies together as a family. And as Lutherans, we like to say it as three. Sin, death, and the devil. Sin, or even the sinful nature, is in each of us. Sin is our rebellion against God. It is our belief that we can do this on our own, So there's pride. That is, we live this life, we can live it however we want, rather than how the Lord has called us to. God called us to care for his creation. And yet we seek to care for ourselves. God called us to love our neighbor, and yet we seek to use them as a stepping stone to better ourselves. We are not strong enough on our own to overcome temptation. We would choose evil all the time. This is Genesis 6, what God saw in the hearts of men. But Jesus Christ, 
by his death on the cross, took away all of that sin, forgave it. Thanks be to God. The second enemy on the list, death. This is what sin brings. The consequence of sin is death. This body was not made to die. When God created Adam in the garden, death was not part of the picture. Had Adam and Eve listened to the word of the Lord, they would never have died. But if they would eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would surely die. Romans talks about this at length. That death came into this world through one man for all have sinned. But, Romans chapter 5 verse 15, the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of the one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has conquered that death for us. By his resurrection on Easter morning, the grave could not hold him, and so the grave cannot hold you. He lives so you live. 1 Corinthians 15, the last enemy to be defeated is death. And Christ has already conquered it. Thanks be to God. On the last day when he returns, he will open all these graves and we will rise again, body and soul, together. And that third enemy, the devil, and the one who snuck into the Garden of Eden and tempted Adam and Eve, telling them they would not surely die. And yet they did. The devil, the crafty one who takes our sin and accuses us, uses it against us. His power is to take your sin and hold it over your head and make you feel that guilt and despair. God cannot possibly forgive you for this. Yeah, he might have forgiven you last week, but you've done it again. This is the fifteenth time. He will never forgive you this time. He is our accuser. And yet, because of Christ's death and resurrection, Satan's power is undone. That sin, whether it's the fifteenth time or the fifteen thousandth time, Jesus has forgiven it. It's already done. It's already gone. Satan literally has no power over you. Yes, in this creation, is he stronger than me? This is true. I would not want to go toe-to-toe in a fight with Satan. It would not work well. However, even if Satan kills me, Christ will raise me. The devil cannot snatch you from the Father's hand. This is a great truth. And even more so, one of the things we don't often talk about as Christians or recognize, and this goes back to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, where King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream 
and then he summons all of his advisors and commands that they not only interpret the dream for him, but they must first tell him what he dreamt. Now his advisors are magicians of various types. They work in the dark arts. They practice borrowing Satan's power to make things happen in this world. And the devil is not, he's not afraid to lend out his power. In fact, he's probably happy to if he thinks it will lead you away from Christ. Further away, I should say. The thing that we miss about the chapter, because we focus on Nebuchadnezzar's like craziness, is the idea that these men who draw their power from Satan, they could not read Nebuchadnezzar's mind. Only God could reveal to Daniel what Nebuchadnezzar had dreamt. Only the Lord knows our thoughts. Satan doesn't. It's a missed-out opportunity to recognize that in the Daniel text for, I think, probably most of us when we read it through. But what a comfort that is. The devil doesn't know your thoughts. He can observe you. He can watch you. He's got legions of demons who will do that very thing. They can learn your tendencies, your weaknesses, and how to tempt you better. But they cannot know your thoughts. They do not know your heart. Only the Lord does. So again, sin, death, devil, these enemies have been defeated by Jesus Christ. They don't have power over you. Not anymore. Because the Lord was on our side. The Lord is on our side. And so we have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowler. So the bird trapper, his trap, his snare has broken. The devil's trap has been broken by Christ. You have been set free. Our help is in the name of Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. This is most certainly true. That last line is there for strength. Why can we trust in Yahweh? Why him? Well, look what he did. He created all of this. And that can be a good family conversation as well to conclude this text today. How did God create all of this? How did he make heaven and earth? And as we live in a culture that teaches that all of this is an accident, happened by evolutionary means, which is a relatively new idea going only a couple centuries back, actually, We can firmly declare from Scripture that the Lord created all of this by speaking. The world did not evolve. It did not come into being by accident. It came into being because the Lord willed it so. And he declared it so. And he has declared you to be his child through the water of holy baptism. And he has declared your sins gone by the blood of his son on the cross. He has declared that you are part of his family, that the kingdom is yours forever. Amen.